We have three awesome interviews this week. Uh, we will not have a Mesh Musings. I have two episodes of my own to produce, two episodes of uh, Takeover Week to produce, and six scheduled recordings. <laughs> Got a little bit on my plate. Uh, as per the new format, the episode summaries slash the bottom line upfronts for those interview episodes will also be attached to this episode. So you can decide if any of these sound like ones that you'd want to listen to. Oh, and thanks, Matt Helm, for pointing out uh, I didn't even link to the Patreon last time, so it will be in the show notes going forward, or you can just search Data Mesh Radio on there to, to find it if you want to kind of understand what's going on there. Uh, and again, it's got the episodes that are produced but not yet released yet on there. Um, they'll probably have about 15 episodes that are as yet unreleased, uh, if my math is right, up there before the end of this week or by the start of next week. So on to the episodes for this week. On Monday for, for that episode, it's Winning Over Application Developers, Agency Not Autonomy, which is an interview with Jessatron, aka Jessica Kerr. So Jessatron shared a really interesting perspective, you know, that I don't think we've had at all on the podcast to date. She's a developer advocate and she advocate advocated for the developer point of view in data mesh. It, I think will be really helpful to you for driving buy-in with those quote unquote pesky application developers. Tuesday's episode is self-serve consumption means empowerment, not chaos, which is an interview with East Oldfield. East and I chatted about what it really means to make self-serve work for data consumers and how we can live up to self, you know, actually being self-serve and it being useful instead of simply just giving access, right? It's kind of like, okay, do you have an ordered buffet or are you just throwing a bunch of food out there and people don't even know what's in it or what the ingredients are, or it's not (laughs) organized in such a way that people can can actually get to the food that they want and understand what they're going to eat. I've talked about lowering the bar to getting and using data and this episode provides some really good context there. If the only users of your data mesh are data analysts, data scientists, and and engineers in general, that's probably a failed implementation. You want to make it so that people who aren't necessarily super, super highly data literate day in, day out, and that's their main focus, can actually leverage the mesh as well. Friday's episode is Applying Resilience Engineering Practices to Scale Data Sharing. It's an interview with Tim Tischler. So Tim applies his ample knowledge in the resilience engineering and human factor spaces to give a really good perspective on how we can move forward together with empathy. If that sounds too fluffy, trust me, it's not. You'll get a good appreciation for why getting these aspects around resilience engineering and and the human factors and kind of working together is really important for implementing data mesh. As stated, the bottom line up front for this week's three interviews are going to follow on here. Uh, As per usual, please ping me if you've got any questions or comments, but especially if you've got ideas around next week's mesh musings. And then I'm probably also going to be launching a new uh, episode type on uh, Thursdays that are going to be the the vendor view 
um, where I've got some, some things with different vendors that are going to be coming up. Haven't started doing those just yet, but if people want to be a part of that, uh, let me know as well. And so I hope that these, uh, interviews are as useful to you all as they were to me. Thanks. Bottom line up front, what are you going to learn about and hear about in this episode? I interviewed Jessica Kerr, more widely known as Jessatron, who is a principal developer advocate at Honeycomb IO, or as many affectionately refer to her, the Empress of Software. You're going to enjoy this one, I bet. I asked Jessatron to be on because she had a tweet I loved calling Data Mesh conscious design for unexpected use. I thought that was an amazing summation of it, especially when you think about kind of producer-aligned or, or primary data products. And the second part was the three most common questions I get about uh, data mesh are, one, how to do data discovery, two, how to do domain-driven design for data, and three, how to get application developers to freaking give us their data. Obviously, I don't love the framing on the third question, but it's a pain point, and she knows application developers incredibly well, having been one for 20-plus years. Jessatron started off by discussing one of the biggest issues with application development today. Despite the tooling and process advancements of the last 20 years, it's all somehow only made application development that much harder. You have to understand so many more aspects of the application development than people had to 10, 15 years ago. So the starting advice is don't just add more to application developers' plates. It probably won't go well. Her, her biggest point, I think, was giving application developers agency in how they share their data. I think that's the key. Autonomy, as she puts it, is, is kind of BS. It's just passing the responsibility over without the help. Basically, here, you do this, I don't want to take care of it. Application developers want guidance or, or direction, especially to the target outcome, but they want to make the choices on how to achieve the target outcome while being given the resources to do so. In general, they want others to have influence, but not control. The information and capability to do their job is key. Work with them to give them both in spades. We haven't done this historically around data, so figuring out how to do that is not necessarily an easy, easy task, but you do have to think about just giving them the, the responsibility to do this without the resources, the information, the capability to do it. It's, it's just not going to work very well. For driving buy-in, don't start with the ask, but start with the why. Let them know why their data is available and be specific, as in your data is used this way by these teams to power X and Y and Z. The conversation should be about their potential impact, not just the negative of you changed this and it broke you know, X or Y or Z, but the aspirational side of here's what we could build if we had this data, or here's how your data could really improve the organization. You want them to start thinking about how can you work together to enable them to share their data in a high context, highly meaningful way. Data Mesh is going to be a big cultural shift for application developers. You need to not just put something high priority on the backlog. 
you need to give them the space, meaning that they have enough points or whatever on their backlog to actually do this, but to really understand and learn how to share their data well. You have to focus on teaching them how, possibly via an internal hackathon to start building that muscle or even like a cross-functional pair programming like initiative to show other ways, uh, to show each other your, your ways of working and share knowledge. So really, again, what, what I'm saying here is you need to teach them what they have to learn and give them the, the time to actually learn. You can't just say you need to start doing this and here's some resources, but not change up the, the way that the team is working or change up the, the KPIs or whatever for the team. They need the time and space to learn something new. Otherwise, it's just not going to happen. Also, show them the impact they're having along the way as they get going. That will motivate them to do even more. Be very conscious of language. The interview with Odin and Gjoran at NAV talked about this a lot. Application developers and data people don't speak the same language. Work with them to put what you're trying to do into their language. In general, Jessitron, aka the Empress of Software, has some really great insights in this fun conversation. I think you'll really enjoy it. Quick editor's note that uh, all of the previous information should be attributed to uh, Jessitron and the conversation that we had, and that it's not just my conclusions from it, but a lot of it, or pretty much all of it, is from directly the conversation with Jessitron and her points that she made. Bottom line up front, what are you going to learn about and hear about in this episode? I interviewed East Oldfield, who's a principal consultant at Advancing Analytics. We covered the concept of self-serve from a consumer standpoint in data mesh, had some ideas about how to get it right. We both seem to have more questions than concrete answers, but I think it will help you to ask these same questions in your own organization. According to East, the overall Data and analytics industry is just starting to move from data consumers only consuming what others have prepared towards the self-serve data consumption. But it is still important to provide those prepared reports. So one, people can work from the same information and be on the same page. And two, you give people an easy and maintained path to important business information. East also mentioned one key to getting self-serve right is to not just enable consumers to get to the data they want. They really need to be able to understand what they are seeing. So documentation, sample queries, and other similar tactics are very crucial. Consumers also need training on how to use the platform. In general, training for self-serve data consumption is very lacking across the industry right now. Usable documentation is usually a difficult hurdle for data consumers as documentation tends to be very technical and is often out of date. The documentation is very rarely about enabling the consumers to actually make use of the data. Documentation is just one challenge about sharing information, though. 
how do we share that information at, at scale? Do we use forums, show and tell, office hours? Neither East nor I really have great answers just yet. I think time will tell. East finished with a recommendation for those building out their self-serve platforms for data consumption. Spend a lot of time interviewing your data consumers to figure out what will empower them rather than just trying to deliver what you would want. Also make sure to enable those who just want to consume data as prepared, you know, those who want to be spoon-fed the info. That that's fine, right? Allow them to self-select and that not everybody has to really be entirely bought into trying to be super, super self-serve from their own standpoint. Bottom line up front, what are you going to hear about and learn about in this episode? I interviewed Tim Tischler, Principal Engineer at Wayfair. Prior to Wayfair, Tim worked as a site reliability champion at New Relic and is well known in the human factors and resilience engineering space, which has a ton of applicability to data mesh. Per Tim, current work in general is overly action item driven. Every meeting must have a set of agenda items generated from it. You know, you must actually go do these five things from every single meeting to justify creating the meeting. This prevents people from having learning-focused meetings exclusively designed for context sharing. Human brains work differently between learning and fixing modes, and we ask totally different questions when we're in those two different modes. To be able to scale our knowledge sharing, we need to have the space to have learning-focused meetings. This is a recurring theme that we can't just add additional requirements on teams, but need to allow people the time to learn new skills and ways of working. A good way to center learning-focused meetings for Tim is, whether they're show and tell or event storming sessions, is via sharing stories. Human communication is literally founded on story sharing through the millennia. You think about the way that humans actually communicated, especially prior to writing, it was all through storytelling. <laughs> Tim's show and tell and event storming sessions have had extremely positive reviews so far at Wayfair. Tim sees ticket-based interactions, you know, just throwing requirements on someone's JIRA backlog or whatever, as very, very fundamentally flawed. If Team A gives Team B requirements, Team B just looks to close the ticket versus getting both sides in the room to exchange context and have a negotiation. That's where you're going to have much better results to actually figure out what both sides want and to make sure that it's not all one-way asks. Tim prefers two modes of interactions over these ticket systems. One is no human touch automated interactions, e.g. an API. The second is high-touch, high-context sharing interactions, getting those people in a room to actually exchange information with each other. Tim also believes we need to move away from focusing on technical signals towards business signals. You know, literal app uptime is pretty meaningless if the experience is broken. 
For resilience engineering specifically, you should apply learnings to each data product and the mesh as a whole. Part of that is a broad acceptance that you are in a highly dynamic and highly changing organization. There will be changes. People have to get used to that and that that's going to be okay. A few anti-patterns to resilience engineering that apply to data mesh are first, a hub and spoke relationship model where one person is the key glue between different departments. This is bad at a human level and, and you know, it can actually be much worse at a technical level if you build your technology in the same way, you know, Conway's law. Second one would be business leaders pushing for metrics without sharing the specific context as you'll end up with completely empty and useless metrics that you're tracking. The third is not embedding people building the platforms in the, into the teams they are building the platform for. Those people that are building those platforms really need to understand the workflows and they need to be embedded in those teams, whether you know direct reporting or just working alongside them very closely as they're building out the platform. Tim also covered the difference between work as done, work as imagined, work as prescribed, and work as disclosed. Lastly, he talked about the need to make things not opinionated so they can be easily extensible and or composable. Uh, there is a little bit of background noise in this one as Tim was having some remodeling done. So uh, it didn't sound like it was too bad when I reviewed it. So uh, hopefully it won't be too bad on your end as well. So I think just in general, this is a great one to really get your brain flowing on how we can structure our, our ways of working to really apply the learnings from resilience engineering towards data mesh.